You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, we're here. We're not we're not illustrious, so we're just jumping right in here. Welcome to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. My name's Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I am the grandest of poobahs. And I've watched like a bazillion movies in the last your eyes lifetime. Are kind of, your eyes are kind of red. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing double features and all kinds of stuff. So. It's been on a mission. That's right. You can't make a top ten list of a year if you only watch ten movies. It's it's you can't just put them in order. I was telling Cliff, you got to watch you know a good fifty movies before. You... Do you have a coaster for that, Cliff? <laughs> Shh, don't tell Michael. That's a really expensive everywhere. desk. I watched Michael spend three days putting that desk together, and you have a sweaty pop can sitting. Oh, and just watching it drip in, in slow mo. <laughs> this is awesome. You guys should be here. Yeah, we're at the new studio oh, right now. Man. It is really sweet. Fancy new desks, same old microphones, but anyway, <laughs> you were watching tons of movies. Watch some tons of movies. We'll get to that later. We'll talk. I'll talk about some of them. And uh, what this is kind of going to be just like a regular episode. We're going to go through everything. Not much TV to talk, but we can go th- through everything else. There's all kinds of good stuff going on. So, uh, what's first? What's first? Let's do. Animation. Ooh. Whip whip that out. Do you have any animation clip? (laughs) I do. Well, I just saw there was I saw something about Star Wars Rebels. I thought, Mm -hmm. what, 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 there was something this week about it. Yeah, we touched on it, uh, during our Rogue One that, uh, Saul Guerrero is gonna be the, was gonna make an appearance, uh, at least on an episode. And now, not only in, in the trailer for the mid-season trailer we've gotten for the rest of this uh, season three, we've learned that Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be on the show. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. A lot of people are something. really excited about that. And then also I heard that January 20th, which is a imminent date creeping up on us quicker than we'd be like, uh, the second season of Voltron Legendary Defender. Oh, that's right. I did catch the trailer for that. After many centuries, the Lions of Law returned. Chosen by destiny, five new heroes banded together. But an ancient enemy still rules the universe. And he can only be defeated by Voltron. There is no place in this universe beyond my vision's reach. Set a course for Voltron. Sarkar keeps finding us. It's like he knows how to track us down. 
I don't know how he found us, but it wasn't with normal instruments. It is nothing on the ship. Everyone, stay alert. Oh, man! Oh, what's going on? What are you guys doing? What are you looking at? You woke yourself up snoring. My bad. He found us again? How is that possible? This is impossible! Attack that castle with everything we've got! Capture Voltron! Everyone to your stations. Oh. This could be the fight of our lives. Here goes nothing! Move, move, move! We are always stronger together. Which, uh, it, it looked interesting. Yeah, I've never watched, I didn't watch it, but I know Michael went crazy about it, so I put it in. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, season one, it's basically just a continuation of, uh, our heroes trying to hide more or less from the villain is pretty much the trailer and, and they keep getting found no matter where, where they go. So it didn't give us a lot of information. Um, animation looked the same. I know season one was really, really popular. I'm sure season two will be just as popular. And that's going to be on Netflix, uh, again. So Netflix is really stepping it up on their, on their, uh, their own series they're putting out now. I mean, they've reached into animation. They've done, you know, the, the regular shows, the, the movies a little bit now. So there's yeah. a I'm lot sure of competition. I, there. I, I, Michael was here. I'm sure we, we'd be hearing all about the OA. So we'll get, oh, we'll catch that next week. Yeah. We can't, we can't. Or maybe we won't. Maybe that'll be his punishment for not yeah. coming. <laughs> this was your allotted time, Michael, right now. It's gone. You blew just, it. Just slipped through your fingers. Okay. We're going to Star Wars. Star Wars. So. Of course, since, you know, we've all heard that, you know, Carrie Fisher has died, along with her mother, Debbie Reynolds. It's just 2016 behind us now, but what are they going to do about the next couple episodes of, you know... Yeah, I I saw where Disney is already, I guess Kathleen Kennedy and and the higher-ups are already in meetings, more or less, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Because it sounds to me like they had plans for that character. Yeah. Yeah, they, she was supposed, she's going to be in the next one. I mean, they may have cut down some of what they had filmed for episode eight, because they had big plans for her and moving on. She was supposed to be even more in episode nine, I've Mm -hmm. heard, so. Yeah, this wasn't a Han Solo deal in episode Eight, right. So. This was, she was supposed to, you know, have some some big scenes. Her, you know, which would have been great because we didn't see that much of her. I right. mean, not not an excessive yeah, amount right. in, in the Force Awakens. And I, you know, that was one of the things I wanted to see more of was our old. So our are character. they gonna? So what do you think? Are they gonna Graham off Tarkiner? I cannot I imagine f- that. I can't either. I. I mean, they, yes, they just, you know, they, we've seen it done. It, it sounds weird, but to me, you know, Pekushin's been dead for a while. Compared to... Okay, well, I'll give you Terry an example. Fisher I'll give an example of it. I liken it more to 
what they did in Fast and the Furious had, had not been dead for a very mm-hmm. long time, you know, and they put him in that seventh movie. Yeah. Now, had he already filmed some of that movie? Yeah. They put it in to and wrap he, the movie and up. And he has a, a brother. Yeah. Like a twin brother. Kind of doubled. And they used him for some of the scenes, I believe. It was pretty tastefully done. And, I, you know, I did not really have a problem with, with it. I thought, thought it was well. I expect some, it to be more like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if they do try to do anything, if they do have to do anything. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. I just kind of brought it um, up just because yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, but say with the Skywalkers being, you know, we, we've spent a whole movie looking for Luke, and then you bring him back and where's his sister? You just have to, like, write her off. That is kind of Yeah, I mean, there, it was obvious. There was going to be, they were going to, those characters were going to come together at some mm-hmm. point. And whether that happened in this next yeah, movie or, yeah. or not, we don't know. So, I don't know. I was curious where they're going, what they're going to do with that. I'm sure they'll be highly criticized no matter what they do. Yeah. Anybody else just, uh, <laughs> while, while we're talking Star Wars, the, I was thinking about Jimmy Smith. And, because <laughs> I thought, oh yeah, old Bill or Gunn is there and everything. Did, I would have liked to have seen him run into Obi Wan there in Rogue One, because Jimmy Smith looks just like he did at the end of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> and what, what would he turn around and say? What happened? Why are you so old? <laughs> yeah. I, just, I didn't hear any mentions of that. I was like, wait a minute, that, that you know, uh, Obi Wan, you have changed so much. Anyway. That desert living is hard. <laughs> I'm telling you. you got to keep your hood up, dude. <laughs> but also, so there's a lot of talk about Woody Harrelson entering the Star Wars universe. Le- leaving the uh, uh, Mockingjay universe. <laughs> He's going to be possibly Han Solo's mentor in the Han Solo story. I didn't. Yeah, I'd seen it was for the Han Solo pick, but I hadn't seen what exactly the role was. Uh, it's a, well, I guess they were considering Christian Bale at one point for this type of role, and mm. now and it, now it seems like Woody Harrelson too is going to be. Uh, which, that would be kind of <laughs> going to be like a Liam Neeson type thing, just for one movie, right? Yeah, yeah one. I'm sure it'll be fine. One starring I, moment, and then kind of written out. Christian of Bale content. mentoring Han Solo. Yeah, it's kind of hot. I well, mean, yeah. like at the end of the movie, he's like, I'm Han Solo. That type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, I like what he was. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. And what's the guy's you name? Nerf herder. <laughs> what's the guy's name that uh, the actor that's playing Han Solo? Oh, it's uh, Alden Ehrenreich or something okay. like that. I saw where somebody had. Snatched a, a couple photos of him and Harrison Ford having lunch <laughs> yeah. or dinner or something one day recently. Yeah. So, a couple of Han Solos on there. <laughs> and I saw there was, I thought of you, I saw there was a petition, and I would sign this petition, to make Princess Leia an official Disney princess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that, Clay? I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> The most intelligent response I think I read online was maybe instead of making her an official Disney princess would be to instead make Carrie Fisher an official Disney legend. 
which is okay, uh, see, I don't know all the yeah the, politics the, of this. <laughs> the Disney Are you hierarchy. a Disney legend? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> what happens with that? Um, You're a Disney Padawan. Yes, <laughs> they have a ceremony, and you know, like at Disneyland and Disney World on Main Street USA, if you look up in the buildings, mm. there are names of actual folks. Those are Disney legends. Right. They stick their names up there to honor them in that way. So I thought that would probably be a better suggestion than a. I thought this was, I honestly thought this was a freaking genius idea. I just loved it. I was like, okay, they're Star Wars and Disney are tied together now. And she is just so iconic. Yeah, and love those princesses. You know, have iconic dresses. Yes, she has a color scheme like the white. Co- you know, one princess is yellow, one's blue. You and know, she's exactly. I thought this hairstyle. Was so, like, I, yeah. I, I, had, I am so on board for this. It doesn't. You know, just get some brown haired girl to do, to do it. They have twenty four hours a day there. It's just whatever. Well, you girl. don't know. You're not yeah, sure. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, They're all. It's like Westworld. I can't, I don't know. But, <laughs> but 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 it would seem so odd. Like during the in front of Cinderella's castle during one of the castle shows, yeah. and they march out and they're dancing around, and there's Princess Leia. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't have any problem with I that. I think that is fantastic. <laughs> I just think that. However, I, I just picture at the end of Star Wars. You know that mm-hmm. that look. That's how she should be strolling around Disney. I love it. With a blaster. Yeah. With a blaster. <laughs> Handing out, just going up like, like you go to Hawaii and they give you lace. She's just giving you medals. There's just meddling <laughs> everybody. Like, I want that. my medal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Everybody Unless gets a medal. Unless you're Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> she just walked right by you. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, it was, Interesting. I, I was really curious your thoughts. I, I, I you're lukewarm on it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was like, yeah, and then once I read the other idea about her, I'd, I'd rather see Carrie Fisher honored than just Princess. I, I Leia. think you are honoring Carrie Fisher. Like there isn't any other Princess Leia. I think that's why I think it works it from mm-hmm. every direction. Anyway, game more Star Wars. Uh, yes, okay. actually, um, I watched two documentaries. Oh. These are Netflix, so um, one about David Prowse called I Am Your Father. Okay. It's a 2015 doc. Have you seen this one? No. Okay. Um, it, it was actually really interesting. It focused a lot on the history of David Prowse um, just in general, how he started out in like Hammer Films and playing like Frankenstein's Monster, that type of thing. And then we went to... Uh, his history, he was some kind of big celebrity with kids. He did this, he was the green crossing guard. He did a bunch of ads where he was famous for teaching kids how to, uh, cross the street, cross the street safely. <laughs> and okay. couldn't find like a scarier person to teach how to cross the street, was, but they had him dressed up like a superhero in this white and green outfit. But the, the, the most interesting thing about the whole movie was really how, he fell out of favor with Lucasfilm. You know, all these Star Wars celebrations they do all over the world, um, David Prowse is never invited to them. And he gave a little history on just, he talked about filming the series and how he would, you know, use his own voice and act out the parts. And then with Star Wars, he didn't know 
until he actually saw the movie that it wasn't his voice mm-hmm. that James Earl Jones had done it. But um, it, it was real interesting that the director of the film went back and found an article from that like predated even the filming of Empire, even the first draft of Empire. And David Prowse had, was quoted in the newspaper of saying, well, Darth Vader is Luke's father. And Lucasfilms, they claim that nobody knew that. Like it hadn't even been put out there, period. Mm-hmm. I never heard that. So it was real interesting. Nobody, they wouldn't give an, Lucasfilm ex-employees wouldn't give a exact reason why David Prowse wasn't, ever involved with anything Star Wars where the other actors were always invited and honored and all this stuff but him out of that original cast but it was just kind of I guess more or less they lead you to the assumption that because of some of the comments he made and some of the things he said that he didn't even realize that he had even said them or was right. quoted it yeah. he never really knew why he fell out of favor with with George Lucas or the company itself. So that was real interesting. If you got a little bit of time and, th- and these two movies are good to good to watch back to back. That's pretty much what I did. The other one was called Elstree, 1976. Called what? Elstree. Elstree. Elstree Studios was where they filmed Star Wars. Oh. A New Hope. Um originally over in London and oh, yeah, I heard that. it focuses on all these little bit extras and actors who played some sort of role in the original movie in 77 or 76 when they, when they filmed it. But a bunch of guys that, um, from Greedo to the stormtrooper that played, that had the move along line. How long have you had these droids? About three or four seasons. They're up for sale if you want them. Let me see your identification. You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. You can go about his business. You can go about your business. Move along. Move along. Move along. To Obi-Wan, um, these aren't the droids you're looking for. All of that. Uh, just a whole bunch of actors. Some of them were just in the background, and they had to literally show you frame by frame, and you could barely make out these guys. But they had... Um, a lot of them had, in recent years, started working the convention circuits and and signing autographs and selling autographs and all this stuff, um, which was interesting. And, and some of them even went on to talk about just not only the experience and they had back then and what they've de- done since then. There are some oddball people in the, in this movie, um, but they talked about even how some of the more known actors kind of look down on them on the on the convention circuit. So uh, that that part that's fascinating to me. Like before it was quote unquote Star Wars, it was just some B sci fi movie they were filming. Yeah, so I'm sure they put no effort into you know hire some locals, slap that's- this together. Like those those more like do it yourself days before it blew up into a pop right. culture thing. And that's pretty much the way that they called. You know, Lucasfilm or Lucas and the producers would call central casting over there and they would just kind of throw people at them. Um, Whoever fits in the costume, go around out there and stamp, stand, block that poorly designed prop. Yeah, yeah kind yeah. of. Yeah. Because the guy that the scenes um, on Tatooine that were cut with um, the fixer, 
if you've ever seen those, Luke's friends, the Fixer, and there was a woman. The guy that played Fixer, just by chance one day, somebody got sick or somebody, I don't know, didn't show up. And that's how, and they threw him into the Stormtrooper outfit. And that's how he ended up playing that Stormtrooper that um, stops Obi-Wan and Luke when they're looking looking for the droids. And he, and he throws out that yeah, Because that wouldn't be like, I've got to be in this movie. I'll be immortal. It's just like, I want to get stand, wear some dumb suit yeah. and stand around for eight hours. Like, people wouldn't even be excited about it. Like, right. that's, that's a really and interesting time period. there, maybe two to three, yeah. five days at the most filming. So it was, it was really interesting and, and kind of how the, the movie touched those, you know, nobody people, actors, and, um, for the most part. And then how they've, in recent years, kind of tried to capitalize on it a little bit. So, it's like right. every zombie from Walking Dead can go go to <laughs> right. con circuit. Like, don't you recognize me? Yeah, it's like it, no, we don't recognize. And it you. showed them they'd be sitting at a at a table and and they'd have pictures out and signing autographs, yeah. and they all pretty much knew each other um, just from working that. You know, so yeah, Elstree Tree, nineteen seventy six. I am your father. They both have David Prowse in them. Um, if, if if you want to learn a lot about him, so uh, Elstree also featured um, another big one was Jeremy Bullock, who played Boba Fett, who right. recently passed away. So he's in there. Um, just a whole. It's interesting if you like Star Wars. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. Happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> all right, comics, comics. Okay, Jordan's got all this Anybody comic news. Reading, reading any comics lately? Yeah. What am I reading? Comic. I read uh, Lock and Key. Lock and Key had their one shot. It was Did good. It, was it worth the wait? It was good. I enjoyed it. Thought it was great. And this was like set before the events of the series, right? It was as like as far a, as I know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's well. Basically, they have the main series, and then that got wrapped up, and then there was a couple one shots of like different people in that house at, at different time periods, and this is just another family that was there at a certain time. And I, I honestly can't remember that what time period it was supposed to be. I guess you're probably right. It was earlier, but uh. I, they're trying to fill another collection of one shots and I think they're going to focus on this family again, probably for another one or two shots at it and fill a book. I don't know whether he was joking. I saw a snippet Joe Hill said about it. Like he had an idea for an entire another 60 issue series of lock and key. And I was like, man, don't mess with me because that would be really great. But I know he's also currently working on uh some like some screenplay writing for the Lock and Key movies and so he that's my that's what he should totally be focusing on. And we wrapped up Civil War two. I still haven't read that you last You haven't read issue, that? But you said it hit with a thud. I thought it was pretty disappointing. You don't, you're going to hurt me if you spoil it. I won't spoil, spoil it, but the whole point of the book is this conflict between, you know, fight the, fight the future, save the future, that there's an inhuman who can tell the future. And Ulysses. Ulysses, right. So, 
for some reason now, time travel, they, they're like, we, we shouldn't time travel or mess with the time. You know, Marvel has been messing with the timeline right. for 60 years, but for some reason, all of a sudden, we can't, uh, the, the timeline's too fragile. If we interfere or something that's supposed to happen, it's too dangerous. And that whole minority report thing of, you know, should we take action before the guilty party does something? Right. Or, so it's been a conflict, and that's an interesting conflict, I guess. But they don't solve it. There's a, there's a deuce ex machina. There's a literal deuce ex machina walks in and takes the conflict out of the, out of play. Right. And it's like, we didn't, we didn't have to solve the argument, which right. the original Civil War ended pretty, no one really solved that either. Right, but right. you know, it just sort of ended. It'd be nice if you had an idea of how to wrap this stuff up. Yeah. And didn't, and it was another one of those that ended with, well, this was pretty exciting, but wait till you see what happens next. That will really rock the Marvel Universe. And they had a series of guest artists do these one-page pinups of, you know, we see the future of Marvel, and they hint at this monster, uh, monsters attacked or whatever the next crossover is, and then a few more things, like... Yeah, we're right into the next... Yeah, it never ended. Doesn't. It was just like, here, we're ramping into the next six events. So, I uh, for their marquee sort of event of this year, it felt pretty flat for me. Right. That's kind of how I felt a little bit of IDW's revolution. It's kind of how it ended, too. It just it just spawned out into just a, a, a ramp for the next yeah. several monthly books they're yeah. going to put out. Yeah, I will say, um, I haven't read much. I, I have been reading the He-Man Thundercats crossover, which I am surprised well i shouldn't say surprisingly i'm loving it it's total <laughs> no 80s. surprise to anyone no not at all <laughs> it's embarrassing how much i love this you know 80s craft so uh but yeah it, i love the art's really good in it um i'm totally digging on the story and how they've intertwined the two universes without really i, I don't really feel like it has lost anything I really like how the characters interact. Just, it's gratuitous violence and pokey fun and the ultimate evils in the world with Mumra and Skeletor. Uh, yeah, I loved how that first issue ended. Yes. Where, like, Mumra thinks he's all that and it's like, nah, you're, you're, you're messing with Skeletor now. <laughs> you're both ineffectual, but, you know, Skeletor's a little more dangerous. Yeah, so, um, and it, it really, I'm three issues into it and it's on. I mean, it, it really, it didn't end with, like, I thought that last page of that first issue was great. And then it really didn't lose a step at all. It's just continually built, built, built throughout the thing. I don't want to give too much away. It's pretty new on the shelf right now, but uh, definitely pick it up if you like 80s goodness. And, uh, Marvel has also teased their Secret Empire event, whatever that might be. It's just sort of a Captain America, the modern... Current mm-hmm. Captain America Shield, and it's something going on in 2017. Whether it's the next big Marvel event or just a Captain America storyline, we don't know. But we're kind of guessing it's kind of the culmination of this Hydra right. sort of story. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm okay with them focusing on that character. And that is <laughs> a uh, about that guy. And that is a you know, another kind of remixed older story, right? Secret Empire was back. When there was some evil force in the government that yeah. turned out to be not so subtly Richard Nixon, right, who was working 
I don't know if it was Hydra specifically, but somebody working in the shadows of the government. Yeah. And so it's interesting with a brand new president and a very liberal writer. We're coming back to this idea <laughs> oh, yeah. of secret empire. Oh, yeah, he is right up my alley. <laughs> Every time I see that Captain America, like that new shield, it, something, I don't, something about it just doesn't feel right. I, I, it doesn't bother me. No. I mean, of course, I like the. Do you like the new look of him? He's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't. Not I don't have a problem. I don't hate it. Yeah, I could easily hate about anything. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't have a problem with it. it I, it's. I think if, when I first saw it, when I saw the cover of issue one, you know, previewed, mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh. and then when he had the the, yeah. Whatever, I didn't like it at the time, but within a couple of weeks, I was used to it. I think it's because it's got like a, it's got some black in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like a black circle or something around mm-hmm. the star. I think that's what I don't like. About yeah, it. I, I, I get what you mean there. I'm sure Mike would have plenty to say I'm about sure, the design, well, right. but hey, I'm, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> exactly, we won't go back to this. <laughs> but DC is in the middle of their big, big crossover, the first of the Rebirth era, Justice League versus Suicide squad yeah uh that's a six issue series coming out weekly so i won't spoil much about it but there was a return of a classic villain maxwell lord yeah. has returned. you don't know how hard it was for me not to pick this up <laughs> last night especially seeing max lord on that front cover i was like oh man all i need now is a little booster gold <laughs> you got me forever <laughs> Yeah, they brought in a few characters. Uh, this is going to spin off into a new Justice League of America title with Lobo and some more D-list characters. Huh, sounds familiar. So, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure where this is is heading, but it's it's been interesting so far. We're as when you hear this, are probably three issues into it so far. And is this Batman leading? Right, it'll be Batman and this this team of. Uh, it's like. Killer Frost and the Adam, Ryan Choi, and, uh, yeah, just some odd, uh, people you wouldn't expect in this kind of odd team of. It's 1987 all over again. Uh, <laughs> right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> and, uh, Image had some, uh, variant cover news, which we usually don't cover, but they're doing, it's the 25th anniversary of Image. So, uh, they're doing all the Skybound books, the Robert Kirkman books. They're going to have 25-cent issues. Whoa. So the next issue of Walking Dead, number 163, will only cost a quarter. Hmm. Wow. And they're doing that with Outcast and Invincible as well, just as a 25-year anniversary jump in, you yeah. know, first part of a storyline, you know, hook you. And uh, they're doing homage variant covers too. Uh, they said one a month will come out throughout the 25th anniversary year. Uh, and the first one is the book Deadly Class, and it, it's mocked up to look like Cyber Force number one. Oh, okay. So deadly, the words deadly and class are mm. written in those big block yeah. letters like Cyber Force. Right. And they're all posed like that, it, cool. the, the cheesy 90s, 90s yeah. look to it. So it looks like once a month we'll get a cool variant cover, kind of a throwback. When thing. I think cheesy in 90s, see, see, now that's when I think of Michael. <laughs> Aren't, isn't that right, Michael? Yeah. I'll bet if any of us had an opinion on Cyber Force, it would, it be, would Michael. be Michael. He but we'll never hear it, so right. let's mm-hmm. just move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the other news I heard, I clicked so fast, my finger almost went through the mouth. <laughs> I see the bruise. It said, Mike Grell, back on Green Arrow. I said, what? 
<laughs> because Mike Grell, that's my favorite run of Green Arrow, that 80s era, mm-hmm. starting with uh, uh, Longbow Hunters. And he was on the book. He wrote it for like 80 issues. He's doing variant covers for it. So that was a little bit misleading. But the the current Green Arrow series of the Rebirth is owes a lot to his run. He's moved back to Seattle. The the costume looks more like the eighties costume with the hood and everything. Uh, Black Canary's back involved in everything. So who, yeah, the guy writing it obviously loves the Mike Growl run. I thought. How many of those have, eighty issues do you have? Uh, fifty some. I'm working on the rest. But. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought maybe he'd be drawing a special anniversary issue or writing some one shot or something, but he's doing variant covers, so that's not something. Not nearly yeah. as exciting. Oh yeah. But yeah, the biggest comic news this week, uh, I didn't break the internet, but Marvel is dropping the digital, free digital books they do. You get the little coupon code on the inside. Oh, yeah. oh they're not gonna do that. And they put out a press release. It was so brilliantly worded. Everyone was like confused. They thought they're like, you know, it was worded as like, we at Marvel are helping you to discover new things. And it was like, thank you. And then like, <laughs> everyone's like, wait, wait, does that mean what I think it means? They are doing, you get like two free digital comics now per month. So for every comic that comes out in say February, right. you're going to get you know, Civil War number zero and something like, Advertising some new trade paperback, but you're not going to get the digital copy of the book you just bought. Oh, which a lot of people that's going to tick a lot of people. Yeah, I don't a lot of do that, say, but yeah. I'm sure a lot the people that religiously do that yeah. are not going to be happy. Yeah, a lot of people either you know they buy the physical copy and put it away somewhere and then read the digital, or a lot of people resell <laughs> for a dollar or two. They yeah. sell the digital code to a friend or online right. or whatever and help recoup that three ninety nine cover price. And, you know, if you buy 10 books in a week, you get 10 digital books. So now if you buy 10 books in a week, you get the same two old yeah. books you maybe didn't want or already bought a while ago. So it didn't go over very well. And <laughs> Marvel's stepped, uh, put their foot in their mouth for a couple times this year. So yeah. this was the latest string of making fans pretty unhappy. Uh. Well, Disney, just Oh, about- that's who we should be blaming. <laughs> Just Disney. as a company whole, they've been, they've been making some moves that people are really scratching their heads about. That um, just on the theme park side alone, just feel like money grabs. Yeah, they just. That's the only way I can really explain them is money. The churros grabs. in Mexico are getting a little more expensive. Well, they did away with the margaritas <laughs> at one point. Uh, oh my gosh! We about lost our stuff. Let me tell you. No, uh, things like. They set, they started setting up cabanas in Tomorrowland that you can rent for six hundred dollars. Yeah, I can buy one here for six hundred dollars. <laughs> well, who needs a cabana in the middle of a theme park? Yeah. But they started doing weird things like this. People are just shaking their heads. So, yeah, I don't. The, like, the theories are, you know, they're trying to get the monthly comic and the digital comic and just buy the digital version. If you if you're already hooked on that digital coupon, just right. keep buying digital to cut out all the costs of printing and shipping and sharing it with the Do they want like what is their goal? Do they want to get rid of it physical comics? It would make them a lot more money because they wouldn't have to share it with anybody. They are the bottom line is they're so out of touch with their audience. Like they're just so this is far so out of touch. weird to hear all this criticism of, well, <laughs> from Cliff. 
once a year, I gotta have my grievances. <laughs> or in January. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> Uh, Michael's not here, so we can't do the feats of strength. <laughs> but yeah, they, they really have. It, that's that's what it feels it feels like to me is they're just so far out of touch with their audience and and their fans and their customers that for so long it was so much a with Disney as a whole it was so much a we can do whatever we want and they'll pay for it and they finally got to the point where they've pushed push push. Where people are starting to push back a little bit, and that's everything. The the whole three ninety nine price tag. It was like, yeah, but you're getting digital book too. And now that was them trying, that was a nice, and that was you know because a lot of their books were still two ninety nine, right. and then all the ones with the free digital book jumped to three ninety nine. But and but they, it that, worked. They, it yeah. was a good plan. Yeah, so you were getting something for your you money. Yanked that away. They're not going to drop the prices. Yeah, that's unless DC starts taking even more market share, then they might rethink the whole two ninety nine thing. Yeah. The only other comic thing I saw, in fact, the only thing I had in my comic section was where Jeff Johns had uh, tweeted out saying he was doing some writing and it, it was attached to a picture of Dr. Manhattan. Hmm. So, I didn't see that. So he's doing some some Watchmen-type writing, so maybe we're going to finally get some answers. on. Hmm. Yeah, I had read something about him coming back or, or holding off on all the movies and stuff that he's been working on to come back and and write Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, whatever. Ha, I have not been reading that stuff ever since, you know, this Rebirth thing. Has there been any inklings of any Watchmen stuff yeah, since There's the just beginning? been that, is it Mr. Oz or, it's not, Doc, oh, okay, it's not yeah. Dr. Oz. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's Dr. a villain. <laughs> but that Mr. By Oz has been kind of creeping perused. around. <laughs> There's a few characters he's like, uh, what's his name? Tim Drake is presumed dead in the Batman comics okay. because this Oz guy's kidnapped him oh. and locked him away and some other, because he's too important and he has to be taken off the board. So there's Agreed. somebody in the shadows working on something. Okay. And that's about all I, I've seen from the Watchmen. Well, world. they're trying to tease something that it's, something's coming, trying to get some mileage out of this Watchmen. It's actually been a little restraint. They've gone this long. I without, am amazed. Yeah. I thought it was just going to be all over the place. Yeah. So, any more comics? Yeah, we're I don't ro- think so. Rolling in the movies, then. Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before Zod! Under roof! Set it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it going to be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> as far as, like, just some random news things, I saw a uh, interview with Matthew McConaughey about Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. And he was saying... They were asking him about, like, would he ever be in it? Like, why has he not been in any of these comic book movies? And surely you've had offers. You know, he basically was saying he he is trying to show show some restraint and wait till there's actually a role that would fit him. He's like, I, he's just basically said he hasn't seen a role yet that made sense. It, he, I b- believe he was offered, I got the gist, he was trying to imply he was offered maybe, like, the ego 
thing that Kurt Russell's mm-hmm. doing and, and he, yeah, that didn't quite fit him and, you know, but he's holding out. I don't know. I wouldn't even know what it would be. I'm kind of, I tried to think about it, but I just don't have any. Oh, idea. he could, he could have been our classic Aquaman in the <laughs> orange and the green. We don't, <laughs> those golden locks. Yes. <laughs> Riding in on a dolphin with a, you know, lassoed up. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Meanwhile, you guys. <laughs> he just comes riding up. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Anyway, but he thought this Randall flag thing fit him a lot better right now. I just still am so scared of this. I, I get older, the Legion of Doom stays the same age. <laughs> That's right. And there's, they've been putting out little things about Thor Ragnarok and that there's gonna you know that they've done like a plot outline. I didn't read yeah, it. I, didn't read I, it I either. don't want to know. I but did they not read released it like a lot of plot details. Yeah, I, like. I I try to avoid too much major spoiler things like that. Just but just as we suspected, you know, it seems like there you know obviously there's gonna be some Hulk and some Planet Hulk stuff. So other than that, I'll try to look past it. Well, I'm not gonna say anything about the rumored. Other uh, big name. Okay, good. One. Don't you dare. Don't you dare <laughs> do it. Okay, and then what? What about Ben Affleck saying this week, like throwing some Batman shade? I don't know what's going on with that. He said that this Batman movie is not a set thing. There's no script, and if it doesn't come together in a way that he thinks is really great, he isn't doing it. I don't know what the problem is. It works so well for Green Lantern. They didn't need a script. <laughs> <laughs> this is the. <laughs> the DC formula right here. <laughs> Wonder Woman's the one that's screwing it all up. Yeah. Their plot and their good acting. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not the DC formula. <laughs> well, okay, I got, I've seen like a bazillion movies. I was gonna kinda go over some of them here. I, I feel like last every, listening to last week's episode where we were previewing 2017, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I I, I don't watch those movies. I, you know, I, I've I've seen. I was telling these guys, I've seen like from 2016 as far as 2016 movie goes, movies go. I've seen like 40 movies from 2016, and so yes, I've seen a lot of movies. I just haven't seen like some of the blockbusters I, I, they don't appeal to me as much unless they're something superhero-y or mm-hmm. star wars related i just don't care about independence day I, you know i don't care about the too hit for the room. i guess Apparently. yeah i just it just oh there's gonna be a big battle at the end and even i'm gonna go so far as to say there's gonna be some gotta steal the plans to the death star <laughs> and ouch yeah i was not floored by that so Crazy. I want to go. Excuse me, it didn't have subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's there's one coming that I really want want to see. It's got some subtitles in it, man. Anyway, I like to see a lot of independent movies. Things you know, I my, like a friend of mine has said difference between me and him. He he will go to see. He wants to be a part of an adventure or see escape reality. And I want to go like I want to go cry <laughs> i want to feel something i either want to be just sitting there with a grin on my face or you know just be you know made to feel 
a spectrum of emotions. I want to try out different movies and that's so some exactly what I got out of Rogue One. Yeah, a spectrum no, of emotions. That's great. That's <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to. You can get that from that, and people there. People cried at that movie. You know, there definitely was opportunities for emotion in that movie. I don't mean to criticize it like that. I'm just, just saying. people dumber than you is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want, clearly you're smart enough to see through what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the plebeians beneath you may enjoy the rabble. <laughs> yeah. Give them their bread and circuses. No, they, for I shall be at the they, theater. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And you can't go here. If you go here, all there is is, uh, why this guy? What's the, what's the movie, uh, Brian Cranston and whatever. Power Rangers? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. There's some movie they bring home some doofus. Guess who's coming to dinner only? It's a doofus. What's the guy from, no uh, the guy from Freaks and, Freaks yeah, and Geeks? Seth Rogen's friend. Yeah, why can't James, James Franco. Franco? Oh, God. And it was like stupidity. Oh, I just, oh okay. Somebody yeah, recommended yeah. that movie I'm to, to erase me. That somebody recommended that movie to me. And I was just like, what'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, anyway. So anyway, I gotta drive to Athens sometimes to see anything. I like to see some of the things that get Oscar buzz and see if they're really, cause a lot of things aren't. Yeah, because yeah, I watch the awards shows, even like Golden Globes are this weekend. Will mm-hmm. we'll be by the time you hear this, will be over. But like right. Oscars, Emmys, and I, I have seen so few of the things right. being nominated. You have to make an yeah. effort, and I feel I have made that effort. I'll, I will have seen these movies. I know the awards are kind of dumb, but I still like watching. I do and, too. And yeah. Learning because that's and I watch you know, like the Independent Spirit Awards, mm-hmm. and I, you know, it's like, oh, that's that looks cool, like. You know, I learned about a lot of indie movies. Absolutely, that way. yes, and I and that's that's I that's totally my thing. I I'm not so much as like I care who wins what award, but I like these are some great performances and well made movies, and so sometimes you got to go out of your way to see them. But as far as like good theater around here, a- Athens, well, the Athena Grand there is more of a more of a traditional theater, but they still just because it's a college town, they get some of these type of movies where we don't, but. Um, there's Athens Cinemas on Court Street that yep. that gets the really oddball stuff mm-hmm. that you can't get anywhere else. And oh, I was I'm really impressed. January twentieth may just be a coincidence that they're doing a one day showing of Idiocracy. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> anyway, I went down there a couple weeks ago with a friend and caught a double feature. I saw Nocturnal Animals. And that was with, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Amy Adams, Isla Fisher, and it was, it had a- Amy Adams and Isla Fisher were in the same movie? Yes. They did exactly what we've <laughs> been thinking this whole time. Yeah. It, it was- Were they like it was, playing twin sisters? That, that, no, what it was was, cause we, everybody gets them confused. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I was like, they get the joke, they're in on it. Uh, what it was was she, was reading a book written by Jake Gyllenhaal's character and he was basing it on her. So the character, when you would see the book played out, it was Isla Fisher. Okay. I was like, that is genius. It was great. <laughs> and that story that was the book that they were bringing to life on the screen of the book was very like, it was almost like a no country for old men type story. It was thrilling and just squirm in your seat. Um, 
it was that part was really great. The rest of the movie surrounding it did almost didn't compare to that, but I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, and I saw Moonlight, which is probably going to win Best Picture. I mean, it's the favorite. Um, it's about a African American um, homosexual guy, um, guy, and how he just the struggles this character went through at three different points in his life, and it was. Really well done. You know, a lot of great acting and it wasn't like one of my, it's not going to make my top 10 or anything, but that, you know, I could see where, why they think it was good. I saw Sully, that was Sully Sullenberger, the guy that, oh. uh, Tom Hanks mm-hmm. movie. Uh, remind me of Flight. Did you guys see Flight, Denzel Washington? No. That was it. Really great movie, honestly. I don't, not a huge Denzel fan, but that's probably one of the best performances he's ever had. John Goodman's in that really good. But anyway, Sully was, you know, like a, a not as good flight, but I it was still. Like, I feel like that came out a long it was, time it ago. It wasn't a very good flight for most of the people. It was not. It wasn't a good flight. It was not. Not for the birds. <laughs> but anyway, it wasn't that. That was this year? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it seems a long time ago. Yeah. Yep. Also saw. Hail Caesar was a Coen Brother oh, movie. Oh, how was that? It was pretty good. I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with the Coen Brother movies. I want to love them. And so many times I was like, oh, this is so weird. I don't I don't know. There's so, so many of them I don't love. Like, I mean, I like Fargo. I really like Fargo. It's like, I like Blood Simple was their earliest one. And Well, what are, what are some of you like? You like Miller's I Crossing. I love every single one they've ever done. See, Except I don't love like them Lady all. Killer. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I couldn't finish Burn After Reading. I didn't, I, I watched Miller's Crossing twice and I just, I, I will, I do know some of it's like what kind of mood you are in when you watch a movie and I, I don't love that movie. I saw at all. somebody arguing on Facebook about the Coen brothers and I didn't jump in, but just someone who really didn't like them and couldn't get into them and I, yeah. and I had a thought recently of why that might be. Tell me. And it's, I think how artificial they are. Yeah. Like you know you're watching a movie oh, because yeah. everything is heightened. The performances, mm. the the costumes, the sets, it's all soup like hyper realistic or yeah. not even either that or not trying to be realistic. Right. So if you're more into the you know drama, it's of, like spoofy. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, they, I, they always have kind of tongue in cheek a little bit. I think that may be what I don't like about yeah. it because yeah, like these other movies, these independent movies are there's your supposed to be so realistic yeah. and, and they are yes yeah, just so spoofy in it but i still love a lot of it and like hail caesar was such a nice love letter to like old hollywood and just the i mean there were some inter- intricate scenes that i was so impressed by okay. and like you see like in the previous uh scarlett johansson coming up out of the water like doing some swim synchronized swimming sequence and all this it was awesome and and this guy that's gonna play han solo all iron reich he Played like a, I don't remember the guy's name, old cowboy type character, flipping a lasso around and stuff. And he was great at it. You can tell he'd spent a lot of time learning it. And it was just, it was, re- it was really well done. I did enjoy that movie. Ray Fiennes was in it. There was a lot of funny stuff. I definitely recommend that. And I saw a movie that's getting a little bit of hype on, on, on Netflix. It's called Sing Street. And I was going to tell Michael, but don't tell Michael because he's not here. He doesn't deserve to watch it. But he and Christy really liked 
movie called Begin Again by the same director. And all he's, I think he's only had like three movies. There was Once, Begin Again, and now Sing Street. And he's like an, I think he's from Ireland, but they're all based around music. And this is a real, like this guy gets bullied and whatnot, but he has a band and they play a lot, a lot of 80s music, you know, nowadays. And it's, it's just fun. It's a fun movie and there's some like fantasy sequences in it stuff to some, to a pretty decent soundtrack and a lot, a lot of people are falling in love with it. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't love it, but I, I did like it and think it's worth watching if you liked that guy. John Carney was, is the director. I saw The Walk with, um, Jordan, Joseph Gordon Levitt. He was playing Philippe Petit who was the guy that strung the cord between the Twin Towers in 1974. There was a documentary. There's a documentary on um, Netflix called Man on Wire, which is really good. Yeah, I think I've seen I had seen that. Something about that. And then this was the, you know, version of that, you know, with actors. And, and it, both of them are good. I mean, you know, it's, it was almost like they're, like, doing a heist you know, they had to like break and figure out a way to get in this building yeah, to even didn't do have it. Permits and all right. That stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't just say, <laughs> I'm going to do that. You know, it was, it was both are very good. The documentary and the, the way they made this movie. It was, uh, Robert Zemeckis directed, uh, Blue Jay, Mark Duplass. I really like the Duplass brothers. They've, you know, there's a couple of their movies that are some my favorites. And Is that McLovin? No. Oh. It's not, no. That's, uh. That's Christopher Mintzplot. Yes, Mintzplot. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I couldn't think of his name. Now, Mark Duplass. I'm trying to think of a movie you would have heard he of. He was on that sitcom on FX. The, yeah, the, the League. Football. The League. The League. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's in, he is in one of, a great movie called, uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, anyway, this was him and Sarah Paulson. It's, it's another mumblecore movie where they just kind of have a script, but they just try to talk naturally. And they, uh, plot points they're supposed to be talking about, but supposed to make it more natural talking. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And feel free to miss this one, but I saw, I saw a documentary about Brian De Palma, just called De Palma. And if you don't know, he was the director of Carrie, Scarface. Untouchables, Casualties of War, Carlito's Way. Have you guys seen Carlito's Way? A long time ago. Okay. Not sure. Uh, well, you, you should know if you've seen it. Okay. Probably not then. Uh, as he said, rightly. Does that like, make loving in it? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. He's, it's, this is, this is Primo Pacino. <laughs> this is a 1993. This is as good, this is, as De Palma said in this documentary, I cannot make a better film than this. And I agree. I love, 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 love. I can't say enough about Carlita's Way. And I will say more someday. But that's good. And he also did the first Mission Impossible, which is probably the best one. And there's, it's just so neat to see all the behind, how these movies were made. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, De Palma is on Amazon Prime. I saw. One that will probably be win best documentary this year, Tower. And if you've ever heard of the, uh, 
tower shootings, the University of Texas, August 1st, 1966. Uh, I won't say his name. I'm gonna, because I don't like to give out the names of these guys that do these terrible things, but he shot 49 people that day. And it's a, it's a iconic day. You know, you should look it up if you don't know about it, but this was like an amazing documentary the way they did it. They used, uh, old, there was some archival footage, but they used old interviews. And they interviewed people that were still alive today that were there that day, like a, a pregnant woman. A, a woman was pregnant that day, got shot right on the mall in front of there and was with her boyfriend and he was shot and killed right beside her. And they, what they did was they interviewed this lady nowadays and then they use rotoscope animation. If you don't know what that mm-hmm. is, have you ever oh, se- sure. seen a scanner darkly? Uh, Philip K. Dick movie, I believe, with Keanu Reeves and Woody Harrelson and stuff. It's that drawing type animation. Um, that's what they used for this. It was just a neat way to do it. And they drew these people like how they looked then. They used young actors to voice what the people were saying in real life to fit the drawings of them to bring the whole thing to life. They were showing where everybody was at, in each situation, what their paths were and how they handled everything who, you know, people were trying to save each other and they were trying to catch the killer and they followed the policeman and everything involved. And I don't want to spoil, not they could spoil what happened, but spoil how they handled this later on in the movie that were real gut punches to the way they were showing it to you. It was just, it was awesome. I, re- I really liked that. And I saw, Another documentary called Wiener, Anthony Wiener. This was amazing because, of course, you know the scandal where he was sexting and he this he started filming after that. Uh, this would be his comeback story. And then he, as you're seeing this, him on the campaign trail, he's getting more popular again. He does it again. Yeah. And... That tied into the fact that his, I believe his wife, Huma Aberdeen, is, you know, an aide to Hillary Clinton. And it's just like, you feel so sorry for this lady in this documentary. It was so interesting to just watch the everything crumble around this yeah, guy. I, this wouldn't have gotten much traction as a documentary just as, hey, guy, a comeback I'm a wholesome story, right, comeback yeah. story. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing to watch this guy's life just fall apart. <laughs> and... I watched a documentary about, eh, documentary, more just a real, you know, following a comedy troupe, um, and these guys all have Asperger's. They're called Asperger's yeah. Are Us. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's not like the best thing I ever saw, but it was neat, and they were all, you know, is what watch them try to put together a comedy show, and they were, you know, they all had, of course, their quirks, and they were entertaining. The one guy that was the best thing, I love this. He, every time he says goodbye, he says goodbye forever. And he says, I don't know that I'm going to see you again. He'll say goodbye forever. See you tomorrow. <laughs> and another guy cut his, he would go, they named him, called him by his middle name because his name was Michael something and they called him by his middle name. His dad's name was Michael and he changed it. He goes by new Michael, not Michael Jr. New Michael. <laughs> but I, I love that. And then 
I watched a horror movie. Best horror mo- I'm not huge on horror, but this was really actually creepy. It's called The Witch. It's also on Amazon Prime. Oh, Jared just recommended that to me. I he bet just he did. He has some really good taste it. in movies. It's set in the 1630s and based a lot on what the witch lore was then. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it is creepy. I just remember when it came out, it was marketed as the next, you know, horror movie. And it was marketed like one of those yeah. scary, you know, yeah. haunted house movies. Right. And it got a lot of bad word of mouth because people were, that wasn't what it was. No. If you, yeah, if you want one of those, this isn't it. Yeah. This is, this is, this is for somebody that maybe an end to horror, like. Yeah, he said they use the actual text from the 1600s. I had to put subtitles on, yeah. which I got, I love me some subtitles anyway, <laughs> so I thought here's a great chance, huh, Cliff? Uh, I could throw them on there. I recommend it because the dialect they use is some, you're not going to catch it all. You know, it's like, like watching a Taika Watiti movie. I'm gonna throw that on cause I don't, can't, I don't spreck in the language there. So, uh, <laughs> it was, it was very good. I, I like that. Um, I watched Anomalisa, which is a Charlie Kaufman movie. You know, if you know who Charlie Kaufman is, um, did like adaptation, that Nick Cage movie and, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is a fantastic movie. This is the animated one? This was the clay, or yeah, the uh, stop motion. And it was kind of this guy is a, got a mundane life as a customer service, almost celebrity in the customer service industry. But just following him on a road trip and him meeting someone and it's got one of the most realistic, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard to, most realistic human sex scenes and it's stop motion. You know, it's, it really is good. And I, I, I really enjoyed this. It was well done. It kind of has the same theme as some other movies like take this waltz and eternal sunshine really just like almost that theme of any, almost every relationship, you know, the grass is always greener somewhere else. You know, that you're never going to, necessarily get better than what you have don't always run away from what you have but i thought it was really good um and then i'm going to try to be careful and not oversell this i really i know michael's going to if he were here he would take all the credit for this movie even though he's never seen it i guarantee he hasn't (laughs) seen it he would find a way to take the credit because he suggested we all watch swiss army man Oh my god. He said, have you seen the previews of Swiss Army Man? Is that movie with Paul Dano and, uh, Harry Dan- Potter. Dana Radcliffe? Yeah. With, with, <laughs> it's got a lot of farts in it. <laughs> it's where, you know, the guy, uh, Paul Dano's like stranded somewhere. You don't, you know, and he's getting ready to kill himself and Daniel Radcliffe wa- washes up on the shore and it's kind of a weekend at Bernie's type thing. Yeah. You know, and next thing you know in the preview, he's like, Riding him across the ocean <laughs> as it powered by farts. This movie was, it just totally took me. I, I did not know what was going to happen and it was awesome. Yeah. All right, Michael. I <laughs> give him all the credit. Did it. <laughs> well, yeah. Great job, buddy. <laughs> Go out there and watch your previews and tell me what to watch. Anyway, it, the, I love the music. Uh, the guys from Manchester Orchestra, probably, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're, I really like their music. And they're, uh, Paul Dano did 
a lot of the singing on these songs, and it just was very original. Also had uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead from Ten oh, Cloverfield. The, the farting Corpse musical. You don't get yeah. one of those. Anymore. Yeah, I, it was so original. I definitely recommend. How will Swiss this Army not get nominated for an Oscar? <laughs> it should best be. musical. It was. It was great. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm. I'm not backing down from that. Um, and then the last two, I saw today. Went to Athens for a double feature, saw Manchester by the Sea, which is, cause it's getting a lot of buzz. Casey Affleck. It's supposed, it's like a really sad movie. It's just grief, 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 death, grief, you know, but he's getting buzzed. He'll probably, you know, he's the favorite to win the best actor Oscar for this. Really? Yes. Wow. And it was, it was really good. And it was, he was really great. It was funny. It had a lot of funny to it. So it's not just all grief. Kind of sometimes you deal with grief by being funny. So I, I really enjoyed it. Also had Michelle Williams and she's nominated. She's like the new Meryl Streep. Anything she's in, she gets nominated for. She did a pretty good job, but he was fantastic. But yeah, it was not a fun movie, but if you like want to go feel some grief, I did. It was good. It was bring me down from I watched La La Land. Have you guys seen the previews for that? I assume. Yeah, they're on all the time yes, because mo- very consistently. Be, yeah, but can you go out to our theater and actually watch the movie? No, 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 no. It's, it's not, not on here. In town. Oh no, no, no. no. Okay. I'm curious if it will come. It's been out for a month. You know, I'm I'm doubting it. Here's what I'll say about it. It's Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. The director, Damien Chazelle, did Whiplash, which it's that, that's the drumming movie with Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons is like the hard ass, uh, jazz ensemble teacher. Do you, have you seen, ever seen the previous for that? I know what it is. Freaking amazing movie with one of the best exhilarating endings. I, you know, I hate to recommend movies. I re- really don't ask me to recommend. If you hear me going on about it, okay, I'm saying it's great. I really wish you'd watch it. I want you to love it. But when you recommend a movie, people go in, sit down with their arms, immediately fold their arms, yeah. and they're ready to hate it because you liked it. And that's basically the results I get or whenever you I, like it. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, whatever. I know the truth. These are awesome. Anyway. Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, right? Nobody does a, I, he's one of my more favorite actors now. He was awesome in Drive. Nobody does a brooding stare better than Ryan Gosling. Problem with, with these two is they can't sing. <laughs> they can't dance. They don't have chemistry. And, and I loved it. <laughs> All right. I, they, just, all, 
all the ingredients. All you would need a, for a musical. Yeah. We never get a musical. I'm not even a fan of musicals. But this movie was just magic. You know, if you're going to see it, see it on the big screen. If you can find a theater that's showing it. Uh, they don't sing that bad. They don't dance that bad. But they, they're not singers and dancers. They're, it looked, just from the trailer, very 1940. Oh, yeah. It is. Old I told this woman at work that big. all she watches is TMC or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, I found a movie that's right up your alley. But anyway, it's uh, it's very it's thin. the The characters are characters of themselves. You know, it's like she's a struggling actress working as a barista, and what you know, she Emma Stone like she hasn't won an Oscar yet, but she is on track to do it and I'm surprised she would win one for this if her character was written better at all she elevates it to a million she's amazing adorable like just you should see it just for her oh if there was an Oscar for adorableness she would she would win it, it. Uh, she, she would have already won it along yes and it was she was just incredible and he did a, a really good job he did a lot of his own piano playing he'd, he'd spent months trying to learn piano and any chance they could show that he was really playing, they did. And, and it had, the ending just comes out of nowhere. I love a good ending that you get a lot of points for that. And I'm just going to tell you, it is one of the movies that out of this list that did make it into my top 10 for this year. So definitely recommend La La, a La shake La up of the top 10. That's right. It definitely, it, it I'll, I'll say it definitely edged out stealing the Death Star plants. <laughs> so I, mean, I just angered some people out there. I, I know I angered some people in here. <laughs> he really first, gets a, he really gets our core <laughs> demo. Doesn't he? First he's mouthing off about Ewoks. Now it's the Death Star. He hates Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Love it. I love movies. So anyway, if any of that sounded interesting, I mean, a lot of that stuff is. I I like these movies that you like too. But I'm saying there's more stuff out there. Try something else. I know, it was a lot. I had to get it out. We haven't talked about what yeah, we've watched lately. Not, not at all. We That's, haven't uh, had a big news show. In fact, we haven't even had uh, a chance to go over our best running bit of all time. Yeah, oh yeah. We had some breaking news on the front. <laughs> Somebody, I, I don't know who, I don't know who the cameraman was. Isn't that the creepiest picture? It was. But somebody snatched, actually got... Two Darth Vaders eating (laughs) breakfast together. (laughs) Got a a photo of Isaac Perlmutter meeting with Donald Trump. Perlmutter. Perlmutter. And he climbed out of his back to tank. And this this is... Honest to God, like the first photo anybody's taken in like 30 years of Ike Perlman, to the point where I saw um, one of the images when I Googled him the other day was a artist rendition of what he probably looks like. <laughs> was he playing tennis? <laughs> that, that, was, that was mine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like famously... Reclusive, yeah. They just use that one photo of him from the seventies, and right. every every article about him, that's all you see. And he looked, he looked right, you know. He yeah. looked exactly like I would imagine. <laughs> he really did. It's very nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what's going on with them? What are they meeting about? I, I don't know. I, it was a... Well, he was a big donor. And he and his wife were both big donors to the Trump mm-hmm. campaign. It says, uh, Perlmutter met with Donald Trump at his Mar-a-Lago estate on Wednesday. This would have been a couple weeks ago. That's right. Mar-a-Lago is in like the same complex Okay. Perlmutter lives. So Donald Trump may have played tennis with a famous tennis mm. instructor. We just don't know. We can't say for sure. The photographer's name happened to be Jonathan Ernst. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's Perlmutter. He's got sunglasses on, like any supervillain would. <laughs> That's right. And there's this weird, like, haze. I know, the picture is amazing. <laughs> But apparently Perlmutter was helping organize a health summit with President-elect <coughs> Trump at his Florida <laughs> retreat. It's all in your throat. <laughs> so, um, this was, it looks like the first public appearance of any sort since 2008 at the Iron Man premiere, which of course was the premiere where Perlmutter showed up in the um, disguise. He had like the fake nose and mustache on with the glasses <laughs> because he didn't want anybody to take his picture. Right. Um, that sounds pretty stable. Yeah, I mean, this is just par for the course. <laughs> so, and then the rest of the story just goes on about our reported legal troubles he's had with the tennis courts, tennis instructors after that. But, but I thought it was a huge news story for us, no, our fans, yeah, our yeah, listeners. Yeah, we wild but Perlmutter spotted in the yeah. wild. I mean, we, we had to find a way to work the song back in. We've been at this for two years now, and this is our first <laughs> official spotting in that time. So. <sighs> I've seen more video of Bigfoot since then. <laughs> That's right. When are you going to start going to this? When are you going to, first off, when are you going to write a comic about Perlmutter? <laughs> And second, when do the Perlmutter convention oh, that's, start? That's too far fetched. No, <laughs> no one would believe. Nobody it. would believe that you slaughtered one. <laughs> Nobody has like a print, a mud, right, right. mud mold <laughs> of that loafer <laughs> with the tentacles. <laughs> Perlmutter meets Bigfoot. Oh, the last, Love it. yeah, the last thing I was, I forgot to mention. I'm going to tell you where you could see some of these shows. Perlmutters. Yeah, yeah. Could see some of these movies I was talking about. Uh, I know Melissa, The Witch, De Palma, all on Amazon Prime. Asperger's Are Us, Blue Jay, Sing Street on Netflix. Power, I rented on iTunes, the only place you can rent it right now. And I had messed up and told Jared last week that Hunt for the Wilder People, which everybody needs to watch. It was 99 cents on Amazon Prime. Now it's back to regular price. But if you have Hulu, it's free on Hulu. I think that's where I, I saw it. I ran you across it on Hulu. Yes. Watch it. Oh, I will. Sure you will. <laughs> I will. I'll believe it. I was busy. I spent three hours watching Star Wars yeah. documentaries. That's from just it. 76 so, we have priorities at all? That That's high priority. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, get, I get it. But you got to see... There's some good lines in that movie. Man, I just don't want to say, I want to say them, but I don't want to spoil them for me. It's just, it's just, a, it's really good. Anyway, is that it? That's all I got. Maybe next week Michael will be back. Maybe not. Who knows? 
He's yep. he's been busy all week getting his new business open, yeah. up and running. So. We are literally setting so, in it. So, so business. I, but I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> and then Jordan's here. Well, Jordan's been open though. Jordan's Jordan's sure. now a a back to being a staple of downtown Marietta. Well, yeah. yeah, we just had our first week on Third Street, the downtown hubbub. <laughs> Asylum Comics is back downtown Marietta. Ohio. Even more convenient than before. That's right. Walking. I was blown away. I, I told Jordan when I came in the other day, I parked out front, I got on my truck, and out loud just went, woo! Because <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to come in and see it set up instead of just stuff everywhere like I've been looking at. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, some old guy came out <laughs> the store over here and looked at me like, what was I yipping and hollering about? Yeah, we're next to an auto parts store and across the road from a feed store. So this is right, y'all. You just oh, get all that overflow traffic. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but I uh, almost wanted to whoop and holler again when I actually walked inside and saw how good it looked. Yeah, it did. Way it better. Great. Way great. better. Just thank awesome. you. My thank kids you. were my my kids wanted to come down, so we came down Wednesday or Thursday or. One of those days, and uh, they wanted to shop around. And then uh, last night, my wife, there was a big to-do down here in downtown Marietta. And uh, you guys were open a little later, so my wife wanted to come down after dinner and, and check it out and look around a little bit. And They were all very impressed. Yeah. girl I work with that has some kids that they always come down here for free comic book day. They tried stopping Melbury last year, and they the the kids were like, "We want to go where we always go." <laughs> so I was explaining that you moved, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to try to explain to them that this is the right place <laughs> when we come this year." I was like, "Yeah, it just say it's the same place, that same guy will be there." <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, signing off. As always. Michael's not here. <laughs> and I am Jordan Lowe. And I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm the Pooh Bah. Goodbye forever. <laughs> Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. I said, what? All right, all right, all right. I get older, the Legion of Doom stays the same age. <laughs> That's right. Riding him across the ocean, is it powered by farts. The plebeians beneath you may enjoy the rabble. Give them their bread and circuses. No, they, For I shall be at the they, theater.